Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, near or far, high or low, you're listening to the Coach D Podcast and uh, listeners, I have a very, very special guest um, in the building, I'm so special, literally, listeners, if I had to tell you my day today, it has been absolutely hectic, I literally had to sprint back home just to get into the studio to make sure I was on time to have this guest in the studio but listeners you know how we do on the coach d podcast we have to make sure our guests feel welcome so without further ado let's cue the music and let me get my best commentator voice on point let's see now <clears throat> listeners stepping on the court at five foot six by way of grand rapids michigan a guard who was named all conference three times as well as named a all michigan three times also she has transitioned in becoming a top basketball skills coach on the i am possible training company and works with players all around the world helping develop their game listeners please give a warm welcome to mercy Claude. <laughs> Wow, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, just before we get started, Mercy, talk to me. Um, how's your mental and how's your physical right now? Uh, everything's going pretty good. Um, right now, uh, training a lot of uh, middle school kids right now during during the season, uh, nice. getting ready to, to launch that. Um, so right now is, is a huge middle school season time, but uh, getting ready to get my high school kids back. A lot of them like to come back during that season to make sure that they still, you know, stay on top of their skills and everything. Right, right. That is all cool. And um, just before we even speak about, I mean, just the coach that you are today, and you know, I'm definitely just very intrigued to really just understand you know some of the drills that you do and just your own personal coaching philosophy but before we speak about the coach that you've become mercy can i just take us back to you know the the player you was and you know just in terms of you know who was the first person to put a basketball in your hands um so i started playing probably when i was like seven or eight okay um and probably the first person to put a basketball into my hands was my older brother. He was uh, obsessed with basketball, and he was about four years older than me. Right. And so um, I grew up with all brothers, so I just kind of followed them around and kind of just did whatever they did. Um, but I really liked basketball the best. And so I started playing at, like, seven years old in, in little YMCA leagues. Nice. Um, and But it was, it was probably my brother that really uh, – really got me into it and you know he he helped me kind of develop my game and then uh you know right before I actually you know got to high school um the guy who I work for now was my was my trainer in in middle school right before I got into high school before you know he became known um around the world for training right right and what what was that uh brother sister dynamic because me having a little sister myself you know she's fortunate to have two older brothers and i i guess it's 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 only now i've i've been kind of been able to reflect and be like damn we've been kind of hard on my little sister we've been kind of we you know when she fell over come on you gotta get up brush it off keep it moving so for yourself what what was that upbringing like like did they kind of baby step you into basketball or did they kind of just throw you in the deep and you and you kind of just had to figure it out 
Yeah, they they were always really uh you know tough on me. They didn't baby me or uh, or anything like that. Right. Um, if anything, they they helped me you know uh, prefer, prepare a lot for life because they they were pretty tough on me and uh, didn't take it easy on me at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, understood, understood. And what what was it like just in terms of growing up in Michigan? Because I mean, I think for me living in London and most of the uh, international listeners, I feel like we we get two sides of the spectrum when it comes to basketball. We get like the New York side, which, which is like the kind of you know skillful, hardcore, no blood, no foul. They're gonna trash talk, but they're gonna back it up at the same time. Then you kind of got the LA palm trees, the sun is shining. They've got the kind of cool, calm swag to them. Growing up in Michigan, how would you say you know the the style of play? impacted you and just some of the things that you was exposed to from a young age growing up in Michigan uh well so with Michigan you know it's a little different than you know New York um or like that New Jersey um but now it's becoming more appreciative of you know the skills you know usually when I kind of grew up around it it was like a lot of more of like the team basketball type of stuff and you know you you had a system and that you always had to you know run through but now it you know everything is is kind of changed it's it it's becoming skills are becoming more appreciative Uh and uh so you're you see that with the girls basketball here in Michigan um you know we girls basketball in Michigan is pretty top nice. Um, nice. boys you have to go more to the you know east side of the state but for girls it, it, it's a top state and you know we we have a ton of division one athletes here just in you know west Michigan area right um, and so it, it's definitely changed over the years from when I actually played to you know what it is now and I wish that I was more into this generation when skills was more you know appreciative Mm, why do you mean that? That's a very in- interesting statement. I like that. Um, well, I was more of a, a, a skilled player myself. I didn't fit well into certain systems. And um, so the systems, you know, that I was in in, you know, high school, you know, wasn't one that was more, you know, designed for my game. And, uh, you know, same kind of even in college. And so now, you know, players who are skilled they're looked at differently mm. and you know especially with the way social media is now um you know I, I was really good at taking kids off the dribble um and I was uh, you know more shifty and I had a really really good uh one-on-one play and right. so you know talk utilize that talk, See, come on now. talk that talk <laughs> I like yeah it. <laughs> so in certain you know systems you know you you shine better than you know others and but um that skill side of basketball is being more appreciated, you know, in today's uh, world. Mm-hmm. And how would you describe kind of um, earlier on, how would you describe your player development just in, in terms of some of the impact that the coaches had on you, you know, your older brothers and just overall teammates and, you know, playing throughout the season? How would you describe how you came up as a player? Um, I think I had a lot of really good resources around me. You know, I had some pretty good coaches. Um, and you know, I always had, you know, my brothers helping me, but, uh, probably my, uh, biggest asset that I had or resource you could say was, is who my boss is now. Um, 
is he trained me a lot when I was in middle school right before I reached the high school level but then you know I always did you know through his stuff through high school and into college I always used all of his apps and uh our training you know programs that we offered online and it was really kind of that stuff that kind of taught me how to like train for basketball and not just you know not just practice and play but really actually train and work on my game that really you know helped separate me right right and I mean I feel like you know because even just look at um, um, looking at some of your highlights and just doing some research on you I'm, I'm super curious to ask this question in terms of I, I feel like every player every athlete no matter what sport they play there's that moment mercy where they re- realize that they are nice at the sport so for yourself whether it was a step back three a block you diving for the loose ball calling the timeout when was that moment for you mercy when you realized that you was nice at basketball um probably when i was in like fifth or sixth grade okay um, early okay yeah, probably when I was in like fifth or sixth grade after that first year of like playing AAU when I came back, I, I was just a I was just above everybody and in like my first game I had like like 34 of the 36 points. And so it it was it was kind of after that when I was like, oh, I think I might, you know, be able to like pursue this and might be, you know, pretty pretty good at this sport. Right. Right. And it's one thing you know to to be a high level player but i'm always curious what were some of the uh, contributing factors that makes a player want to turn to a coach so for yourself what 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 were some of the um influences at the time that really made you want to get into the coaching side and the teaching side of basketball yeah so for me it was you know it was it was completely different. It's no, it's nothing that I actually planned on ever doing. Um, I, I kind of felt, I kind of felt into it. Um, so like after, I ended up leaving college early because I, I ended up getting hurt. I had a brain injury, and uh, so I left my junior the the winter of my junior season. So I didn't get to have my junior season, and um, so I came home and tried to, re, you know, recover recover from that and I was just going to finish school online well my boss actually moved back to to Grand Rapids Michigan and moved the headquarters of his um of his company here and he just asked if I'd like to work for him in you know I was fresh out of college I didn't really have anything else to do um while I was recovering and so that's kind of just how I you know fell into it okay and for yourself because it's funny because I think the I think the real coolest thing about being a coach is you know you have a lot of time to self-reflect just in terms of you know even for myself I kind of look at okay how was I brought up as a player what were some of the things that I enjoyed in the session but also what were some of the things that my coaches didn't necessarily do or they kind of neglected certain areas at the time so for yourself have you kind of become that coach that you know, was really tackling some of the things that wasn't highlighted when you was coming up? Yeah, so probably the actual skill side of stuff. So like when I'm teaching players, um, all I teach them is skills. So when someone comes to me, um, like I'm what you call a skill enhancement trainer. Right. I don't do any game enhancement. I don't watch film with players. All I do is just the raw skill side. 
And I think that that is something growing up that wasn't, it wasn't there. Mm. Um, You know, now, nowadays, a lot of people are trainers. It's becoming like a full-time thing. And um, because they're much more needed where growing up, rarely did you have a trainer, let alone that taught you skill work. Um, So I think that's the difference and what I've always wanted to to do because that's that's kind of where my passion's at. That's what I look for. Like when I watch basketball, I look at the player skill sets. I don't watch what somebody runs or the X's and O's and O size. Right. When someone has the ball, I'm I'm kind of breaking down everything that they're doing with it. Um, so I really enjoy that skill set and I um, really like teaching teaching that stuff to the players because I think that that's a huge missing missing link right right and just in terms of I mean I guess in hindsight as you have the ability to look back now what would you say was some of the reasons why the skill side you know the development side of a player back then when you was coming up you know the skills wasn't really that important or it wasn't as focused on as it is now would you say yeah, so it, it just wasn't as detailed. Like people, mm, okay. you ne- you you never had someone really break down skill work for you. Like when people did like workouts, they all kind of did the same thing. Right. Um, right. and it was more like like uh really basic things that you know you learned in like fifth sixth grade, and you were doing it still like as you were in high school or even college. Mm. Like it wasn't really broken down with a lot of detail. Um, where you're really focusing on like finishing footwork, um, especially like the footwork side. When right, people talk about time. footwork, you know, it, it wasn't like what it is now. Right. Um, and so that, especially on the footwork side, I think, you know, things have really come a long way. Right, right. And I think one thing that has just really impressed me with, you know, just what you do, the I'm Possible training camp and um, shout out to Michael Lancaster they they really push the envelope and they continue to evolve with the game of basketball which I think is very important as a player and very important as a coach and you you know being a part of that company how would you describe um, a bit of a two-part question there but how would you describe one the D the DNA the makeup of I'm possible training and then two what makes it so different from all of the other training programs out there um well to answer the the first one so um when when you think of I'm possible what we're known for is we're known just for skill enhancement right so we we don't do game enhancement and then you know um athletic performance or you know any any sort of like coaching in that aspect everything is just straight skill enhancement where with other trainers or other companies they try to wear all sorts of hats Mm -hmm. and offer multiple different things we specialize in one skill right but because we specialize in one skill we take a lot of pride that you know we're the best in that area right and so when someone needs skills and not so much like the game side or athletic performance side, you come to somebody like us. Right. Um, and so I think that's also what separates us from from others is that that is all we preach and do, and that's you know our that's our specialty. Indeed. Indeed. And oof, man, it's it's again. How would you describe your, especially being in this 
company and you know some of your own experiences that you've gone through and you working with these players and you know speaking with coaches how would you describe your own um coaching philosophy or when you look at teaching a skill how would you break that down would you say um well so another re- uh way that you know kind of separates us to go back to your last question um is you know we have a curriculum that we go by so when i get rid so when i'm approaching a player to teach them you know a skill or to break something down you know i go based off of the curriculum that you know mike has made with right. the nine possible and so every day is going to be you know a different skill that I, you know i teach a player mm-hmm. um but i always approach a player the same way so how i approach a five-year-old is going to be the same way how i approach someone who's a professional i'm always looking for their weaknesses and as soon as i see that they're good at something i'm moving on to the next skill um so in every session i always tell people this right from the get-go in every session i want to find out how bad you are at basketball Mm, and so we really we really expose the weaknesses so when they leave they know how they how to get better Right. Um, and I think that's the problem with, um, you know, when players train on their own is they only do the things that they're good at because they don't know what to do or how else to, you know, improve their game. And so I think that's, you know, another thing that separates us is that, you know, we're always exposing weaknesses and showing players, you know, how to actually get better and right. have different arsenals other than just one or two things. So how, how has that approach been? Because I think, I, I guess the, the beauty about social media and the amount of information that is out there, a lot of players, you know, can kind of showcase their talent. But again, you're only seeing what they do well and you're not necessarily seeing some of their weaknesses. So when you approach these players and these athletes and you really focus on, you know, building from the ground up and really working on your weaknesses has the reviews been mixed open-minded they find it difficult at times to really work on their craft or has it been pretty smooth um every every player is different um you know a lot of players get frustrated um but you know a lot of times they're they might be 10 to 17 year olds you know so um sometimes there's a lot of maturity in in training is you and i think our our training really humbles you you know if you think you're really really good and then you come to us and you know you're just frustrated the entire time because we're right. finding your weaknesses you know it it teaches the player a, you know a different side right and um for the most part it's always smooth the uh, the players usually love it but you know once in a while you're gonna get a player that gets frustrated and because they want to be perfect and always be good at something right. um but usually after the first couple sessions they're able to kind of work past that mm-hmm. um and really embrace you know what they're learning and embracing the struggle that they have understood understood and i think um honestly coach i'm just so <laughs> seriously um excited to talk to you because um I, again just just even following your page and just the company i think the biggest thing that i mean at least from my perspective that kind of makes you guys so different is like i said you guys are pushing the boundaries really specializing on the skill enhancement side but again you're really also highlighting the skill but also the importance of matching that skill to making the right decisions you know because i mean we've seen that skillful athlete 
one-on-one, -on -one, you know, they are unguardable. But when you kind of put them in a half-court system or when they need to drive to the basket and read the defense, this is where sometimes they're not able to make that right decision. So for yourself, when you're working with some of these athletes, how do you incorporate the decision-making component in that skill development? Um, well, usually it, it's kind of something that will come the more they train. Um, like, I, like Victor Oladipo said to Micah one time, um, the more skilled he's become, the the more it slowed down the game for him mm -hmm. and so when you know you're really skilled it it, it is going to slow down the game where right. you have more time to make those decisions right. and so when the game is slowed down for you the decision making part actually becomes super easy mm -hmm. it it's really when the players feel rushed and they're trying to do multiple things at a time that you know your turnovers are going to happen or the bad passes and uh decision making is going to come about right um and so that's always our goal is we want to get you know a player as you know skilled as possible so the game be slows down and becomes easy for them right right and i mean goodness me so coach just out dressing so um how many years have you been coaching for now um i've been with i'm possible for about six years now so with all of that experience, what, um, you know, as, as experience is gained, there's, there's new thoughts and new conversations happening. So for yourself, you know, in the six years that you've been coaching, what are the, some, of, some of the conversations that you're having or just some of the new concepts that, that you're just coming up with? Um, you mean within like our curriculum? Yes, yeah, and just basketball in general. Yeah, so we're, I mean, we're always coming up with new stuff. Like at one point, like when I first started, we had all, like over like 600 skills wow. and now we're at 750 skills. Jeez. So, you know, we're always coming up with new stuff. Um, we're very innovative training. Very, and so, um, you know, we come up with different methods to help players, you know, stay accountable so you know if a player couldn't do a certain set of footwork or they're just not getting low enough in a proper body positioning then you know we might use a cone or a medicine ball to solve that problem so a lot of times when players don't have self-accountability um they need to have that forced accountability right and so you know we're always coming up with new methods to help certain skills and unlock certain skills you know for players right right and just in terms of again i don't think you know Play, or some players do but um i i don't think not everyone really just understands the amount of hours preparation goes into being a coach like yourself so if you could just kind of um give a brief peek into your life how would you describe the unseen grind of a coach yeah like so especially like in the beginning um you know with all the skills that we have you know what i did in the beginning is i put myself through every single skill okay. um because it's different like when you're able to put yourself through it you know you learn in different ways too um and so that really helped me being able to teach it more to a player when i actually put myself through it right and then you know with us you know we're always big on terminology you know dissecting different sets of footwork naming it something 
And so, like, as a trainer, you want to be able to study, you know, that terminology and know what you're talking about. And because that also helps the player learn the skill faster when you're right. able to dissect and name something and you're able to teach it better to them where they have a better understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And so probably those two things are, are the biggest when it comes to, you know, being being a trainer. So then, oh, goodness me. So what would you say has been probably the proudest moment of you being a coach whether it was you know a player you've been working on for some time they finally get that skill down or they're able to shoot or they're just a lot more shifty you know how would you describe that moment for yourself if it's uh happened yet um for me my my proudest moments of being a trainer are always when a player calls me and says you know a school offered me i got a full ride scholarship because um, that just you know means all the time that they've spent you know is finally you know paid off right um so that's always the proudest moment for me is when all their hard work is finally paid off and they are rewarded with you know a scholarship to play college basketball right right and i literally just got um a few more questions before we get into the third and fourth quarter um, the next one I've got for you, Coach, is what would you say are the top three qualities of a leader? Top three qualities of a leader? Mm-hmm. Um, one, I think that, you know, you you have to hold people accountable. Right. Um, and, you know, you, you also, you have to be responsible as a leader. Right. Um, and you also have to be the hardest worker. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Very true. Very true. And the next one I have for you, coach, is top three things or skills that every basketball player should have. Top three things. Yes. Every basketball player should have. Well, you need to be able to dribble the basketball. That's a big one. Right. So, <laughs> so your 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 ball handling skills, it, it, you know, is really really important. Um, um, you also need to be able to shoot. Right. Um, you know, a lot of times people come to us and, you know, we, we had to change their, you know, their form right away. Right. Um, so those for sure, that's, you know, one and two for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it kind of goes between, you know, finishing and, uh, you know, footwork, you know, um, one of those could be either, you know, number three, but, um, in order to, you know, be a good shooter and get off that shot, you need really good footwork to be able to create space. But then you also have to be able to finish around the basket. So, you know, one of those could be number three. Very true. And would you say from your experience, how would you, um, I mean, obviously every athlete is different, but how would you describe the, uh, I guess, overall awareness that a player has when it comes down to how important footwork is? To me, footwork is super important. Uh, like I think it changes a player's entire game. Completely. Um, because now they become unpredictable. They become really hard to guard when they have really solid footwork. Right. Um, so that's one of the things that I always teach in every session. I always te- always teach some sort of footwork. Right. Um, just because, just in my opinion, I think it's one of the most important things that you can have. Understood understood and the final one before we get to the third quarter is the top three qualities of a good shooter 
of a good shooter. Um, I think, you know, you're, it's one being able to create for yourself. Um, and then how fast can you get off the ball? Um, a lot of times players have to set themselves. And so I think, you know, their release, um, and then, you know, their form. Okay. Okay, so we're going to enter the third quarter now, which I like to call the quick hitter segment. So it's just rapid fire questions, coach, and we're going to see where you're at with them. So the first question, coach, is what would you say is a skill that is taught by many, but only mastered by a few? Say that again, sorry, you cut out. I know, it's all good. Um, The first one is a skill that is taught by many, but only mastered by a few. Um, probably the ability to create for yourself. That, that is a skill that is taught a lot, but rarely can fit, few still do that. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what um, angle, just in terms of general, or you're talking about creating space or as a shooter, uh, what, what? Um, being able to create that space to get off that shot like if you have that last if you have that last minute shot right um you know i want the ball in the best hands of the player that can you know one create that space to even get off that shot a lot of players they can't right right okay i like that one next one is the best piece of advice you ever received um Talk less and listen more. Mm, okay. Okay, see, why does that uh, give me a small impression when you was younger, but see, you used to talk a lot? Or I did. Okay. I, yep, <laughs> okay. I, I, I was a talker. <laughs> Understood. Understood. Uh, next one is, if it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have learned filling the blank about myself. Um... I wouldn't have learned that I can get through as much adversity as I could. Mm, okay. Okay. And the final one is, what would the title of your autobiography be? <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> um, I'm not sure on that one. Okay. That's all cool to be confirmed i like that okay yeah okay and the final one coach we're gonna get into the fourth quarter real quick we're gonna have just um a little bit of fun with my guests uh i put them in the hot seat so i give them 10 seconds and they need to name five things so for example i might say right coach i'm gonna give you 10 seconds to name as an example five nba teams and when you hear the countdown that's when you can just start listing them off sound good okay yep perfect okay let's go let's go the first one let's start off nice and easy so coach 10 seconds to name five nba players okay 10 9 steph curry kyrie irving kevin durant kobe bryant michael jordan easy one with four seconds left okay let's go Second one, coach. Ten seconds to name five NBA teams. Okay. Ten, 
Nine, Charlotte Hornets, eight, Detroit seven, Pistons, Chicago six, Bulls, five, Lakers, Spurs. Four. Yes, go. You see, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, so I love how you put the, us in the third. I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, now, Coach, I'm going to give you the heads up. These next two guests in the past have stumbled upon them because these names are mentioned uh, during the season, but they're not mentioned as much as certain other names so let's see how you do so next one coach you've got 10 seconds to name five nba coaches Ooh. Ten, <laughs> nine, um, eight, seven, six, brad stevens phil <laughs> jackson is he still coach yeah, i'll take it <laughs> i'll take those two okay the Next one, 10 seconds to name five international players in the NBA. Oh. 10, 9, um, 8, 7, 6, I five, think, uh, 4. I don't know three, how to say their names. CB Asman, <laughs> I think, is one of them. Yep. Furkan is another. I'll take those. Um, and then, uh, Toko is another Ooh, one. Okay, yep, yep. Um. Yeah, that's the best I can give right now. <laughs> that's all good. That's all good. And the final two before we wrap up is now these last two are down to personal preference. So let's see how you do. So, coach, you've got ten seconds to give me your top five players of all time. Okay. Ten, nine, Kobe. Eight. Michael Jordan, yes, Kyrie Irving, Five, yep. Steph Four, Curry, three, JJ Redick. Ooh, J- wait, okay, okay, time out, time out. I need to know why that is a, a that is a uh, knuckleball. I like the fact that you put in JJ Redick. Why is he in your top five? I'm curious now. Um, I'm the biggest Duke fan. Okay, and, understand. Um, he he was my favorite player. Um, and I always appreciate shooters. And nice. He was one of my favorite shooters. Okay. Okay. And the final one, coach. If you are about to step on the court, you're about to lace up. When you're in the locker room, getting into the right zone, name five artists that get you hyped before a game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Little Wayne. Okay. Uh, Chris Brown. Yes, sir. Four. Um, Two. One. Keep it going. Forget the countdown. Keep it going. So you got Lil Wayne, Chris Brown, Eminem. Okay, yes sir. And then I throw in, I throw in country too. Okay, say less. Okay. I I'll take I it. I like, I like country up in there too. Okay, that is all cool. That is all cool, listeners. We appreciate your ears. Um, coach, seriously appreciate your time for being on the podcast. For those who want to find out more about you, about the program, asking you tips, if they want to just develop their all-round game and their skill set, where can they find you? Um, on Instagram at, at Mercy Klein. Sounds good. Sounds good. Perfect. Listeners, we appreciate your time. This is myself and the humble but extremely well-studied high-level skill coach Mercy Klein signing out.